Boozehound Entertainment presents A Walk in Darkness. We're searching for the Demonic Testament, a book written by a demon, and you're coming with us. Hey, okay, alright, shit is going down, so we want to get right to it. On Monday, Wally and I were just heading out to happy hour, and as soon as I opened the door, crows started going crazy. I mean, you could hear them like they were just everywhere. And then my eye caught something floating through the air. And then I saw it again. And then, on the front lawn... Hundreds of black feathers covered the brown grass and the half-melted snow. It was the same kind of feathers that fell on me a few weeks back. The crazy thing is, is the ground was mostly red, covered in a thick coat of, I guess, like frozen blood, it looked like. And the breeze pushed the feathers that weren't stuck to the ground with blood just right up into the air and down the street. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it before. I mean, we had no idea what to even think looking at all this. I mean, did something attack the minions? Did the minions do the attacking? And if so, what were they attacking? But, uh, you know, one thing is for sure. It was one hell of a battle, judging by the several large tree branches, which uh, had fallen and kind of tangled themselves in the blood and feathers. Yeah, and Wally of... Of course, being Wally, you know, wanted to preserve the scene. So we, we grabbed the camera, took pictures before the wind could destroy any more of the evidence. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted, you know, if there was anything there to help us figure out what happened. I mean, I wanted to capture as much as I could. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so fast forward to Tuesday morning. And we're sitting in the front room going through photos, discussing possible scenarios of, you know, what might have happened. And I notice a shadow on the porch. And without saying a word, I just kind of motioned for Wally to turn around. And we could see a clearly defined darkness just obscuring the side window next to the front door. And we both just kind of looked at each other. Mm-hmm. And waited for the knock or the ring of the doorbell, but nothing. So I went to the door and looked through the peephole. And I saw this really tall, I mean tall, skinny guy dressed in dirty bell bottoms and an old black Sabbath t-shirt just standing on the other side. So I whispered to Wally, you know, it's a stranger. And he looked like he might need some help. Yeah, but see, I told her not to open the door and that we should just call the cops, but she didn't listen. No. She didn't listen. No, I didn't. Um, So I opened the door and he looked at me with these intense black eyes. I mean, seriously, the blackest eyes I've ever seen on someone. And when I say looked at me, I'm not sure if he was actually seeing me at all because he didn't seem to have pupils. And somehow I was able to speak and I asked, can I help you? He just stood there, I mean, completely motionless. By this time, Wally was standing behind me with his spiked baseball bat. (laughs) Yeah. 
Always, always these days. Um, so I asked him if he needed help and if we should call 911 and nothing. He just stood there. So we're looking at him. He's staring blankly at us. And all of a sudden, he takes a step to the side. I mean, it caused me to totally jump back, knocking into Wally. Mm -hmm. This made Wally raise the bat as this guy really slowly, without bending his elbow, raised his left arm to extend his hand out to me, which held an envelope. Wally whispered for me to take it and said, that's one of Saras' apostles. I raised my own shaking hand and opened the screen door slowly. I took the envelope and slammed the screen shut. He didn't move at all. I mean, he just stared through us for, it felt like forever. And then, as before, but in reverse, he lowered his arm and walked off like he was Michael Myers or a monster from some slasher movie. Yeah, I, I have the note right here, and it says... My dearest investigators, I fought bravely and blood was spilled, but in the end, I was overtaken and have been whisked away by the minions to face my many treasonous acts against God and Lucifer. Do not fret or have a heavy heart, for you have not heard the last from me. With all that I am and will be, Sarath. I don't know if I'm more creeped out by having contact with one of the apostles of the demonic or the fact that Sarath was captured on our front lawn. Mm-hmm. And what the hell was he even doing here? I don't know. That's the million dollar question, isn't it? You know, he usually uses his apostles to communicate. Or the baby doll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That creepy freaking baby doll. Um, anyway, with so many minions hanging around, Sarath was really taking a huge risk by coming here in person anyway. Well, whatever his reason for being here, it must have been pretty important. He said we'd not heard the last from him, so I'm hoping we'll find out sooner rather than later. But we weren't the only ones to get a message. So, as we talked over what just happened, I got a call from Father Murray. And he played this for me. Lucifer's small creature affonged the moon surat somnioles. And that translates to, This is Snorhelig. Lucifer's minions have captured the demon Sarath and is currently being held. This part of the threat has been neutralized. So, Father Murray said the message was left on the bishop's voicemail um, and that there was a meeting that he wasn't invited to after that, but he did say there was a sense of relief but still an urgency about everything over there. Something like it's not done yet. Do you think whatever isn't done has to do with us then? Well, I think that's a very real possibility. I mean, you're the only one who's still alive to have direct contact with Sarath. And they most likely perceive that as a threat or at the very minimum, a loose end. What do you think they'll do about that? Well, honestly, that remains to be seen, but if the Viking is communicating with the church about Surratt's capture, I'm thinking Father Murray isn't their only spy keeping tabs on us. Mm, Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. The Watchers were always on their side, 
I guess mm-hmm. we know why we haven't heard from them in so long. Yeah. I, I guess they gave up trying to convince us to stop. Yeah, probably. What? I, I can but, see the wheels turning. Well, okay, lots of things are spinning around in my head right now. For starters, if the Watchers are communicating directly with the church, we really have to keep our eyes wide open, especially for Gounod. I mean, just because we haven't seen or heard anything from them in so long doesn't mean they aren't out there watching. Oh, well, good point. And Surath's note said something about treasonous acts against God and Lucifer. Now, you could take that a couple different ways, but I have to wonder if both God and Lucifer are holding Surath. Oh, maybe. I mean, he did steal souls meant for both of them. That's true, he did, but this seems a bit orchestrated to me. The devil's minions capture Sarath, the Viking calls the church. Kind of seems like God and Lucifer are working closely together. You know, are they in cahoots? I wouldn't think so. I mean, they have been bitter enemies for thousands of years. It could be they're just partnering up on this one time to take down a common enemy. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe this has less to do with the souls he stole and more to do with the demonic testament. What if the two go hand in hand? This has been the Supernatural Thriller Podcast, A Walk in Darkness, produced by Boozehound Entertainment. Follow A Walk in Darkness on Instagram and Twitter, and don't forget to subscribe.